Have any of you guys ever known anyone that got sideways with their family over an inheritance? Anybody ever been there? Yeah, I have whole, a whole side of my family that I do not know. Um, because right after I was born, um, they got in a fight over an inheritance. And, uh, and so there's like a whole group of my family that I've never really met um, over this inheritance. And you might say, well, wow, your family must have had something really, really valuable for them to get so sideways over. And uh, to which I say, no, not at all. Um, it's this piece of land uh, in the middle of nowhere in Mississippi. Um, and literally all it has on it are trees. Um, it's just a land with trees on it, and that's what it is. It's where my grandmother grew up with her 13 brothers and sisters. And, uh, and so when you get that many people involved in inheritance, it really can get kind of funny. Um, but the thing was, there was plenty of land there for them all to have their share, uh, but yet uh, they all got sideways um, over who got the piece of the land um, that had their parents' house on it, okay? It was a log shack. It's not even a cabin. It's a shack, all right? Like, it, like the thing's falling apart. It's dilapidated. Like, it's, it's worthless, um, and they got sideways over this, and to this day, um, so what am I, you know, 30-something years later, um, they still don't talk to each other. Um, and it's really sad, because it's like they're only siblings that have left, and there's still so much pain and hurt there over um, fighting over this inheritance. And it's, uh, it's really uh, kind of silly. Um, but... Uh, this is real life. When I say that, I look around, everybody's like, oh yeah, I know somebody that's, that's done that, right? And that's exactly what we're going to look at in Scripture today. Um, people who say that, well, I don't, I don't see how the Bible has to do with real life or whatever, you know, that's, that was a long time ago and it doesn't have anything to do with what we face today. Well, today, it's exactly that situation. The uh, same situation that we, um, we face today. Um, we're coming out of last week's passage uh, in Luke 12, uh, where Jesus taught the people about the importance um, of fearing God over man, um, care about what God thinks, not what man thinks. Incredibly moving passage, really impactful, um, really powerful. Um, And then this one guy um, who was there and heard it, um, this is his response. He interrupts Jesus as Jesus was talking this, and he says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Okay, so Jesus has just gone through this whole thing explaining about how we're supposed to care about what God thinks, not what about man thinks, and really leading people to the Lord and leading people to God and where they need to be. And his, this guy's takeaway is, hey, I want my inheritance. I, I want money. Um, Jesus, can you make sure I get money? Um, because that's, that's what I care about. That's what's going on in my heart right now is I care about money and I want this. And so uh, there's speculation over what the situation was here. I mean, like, what's the details of the case? Um, was it the fact that this was a younger brother, and in this culture, the older brother got a double portion um, of the inheritance, and so therefore the younger brother is wanting um, half of that double um, portion, so it would be split evenly? Um, is it the fact that his brother's just completely holding out on him? Um, what is it? Um, and the fact is, it doesn't matter, um, and we don't know, uh, because what matters is what Jesus um, gets to here. And uh, verse 14, but he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, 
Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Take guard against all covetousness, because one's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. You see, what Jesus is, is getting at here is he's getting at his reason for coming. His purpose in being here was not to just arbitrate between us and help us get along a little better. But his purpose in being here was to bring us to God, to make a way for us to be made right with God. And so what, he, what he's saying here is he goes to the real heart of the problem. The guy's problem is he's coveting. His heart is focused on, and he's focused on stuff, on money, on possessions, on getting stuff. And that's where his attention is. That's where his mind is. That's what he's all about. And Jesus is saying, hey, you're missing it. I don't really care about your stuff. I mean, you get the picture here? He's coming to a guy who, by his right, owns everything, right? Based on who Jesus is, the creator of the universe, um, through him everything was made. He owns it all. He has authority over all of it. And yet, when he lived here on earth, at the end of his life, his inheritance to pass on were the clothes on his back. At the bottom of the cross, they split up what he owns, and it's the clothes on his back. And he's coming to this guy saying, hey, I want you to make my brother give me more stuff. And Jesus did not come to bring stuff to people, but to bring people to God. He didn't come to bring stuff to people. He came to bring people to God. And so if you you ever hear someone teaching um, about getting wealthy by becoming a Christian, or God's going to bless you with this, that, and the other, and all of that, Jesus is saying, he's like, hey, if that's your motivation, you're missing it. You're in the wrong place. You're not getting the truth. And he goes on and he tells them a parable. So we know that parables are times when Jesus tells a story to teach a point. Um, And so sometimes in the story, he will kind of over-exaggerate to really make his point. Um, But when we look at it, we're like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. And he told them this. He said, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, You have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. And so Jesus is telling him this story. And you see in this story the rich man and what he's all about. What does he say? I, me, my, I, me, my, 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 my. I have all of this. I need more of this. I, I, I'm going to make sure I have a luxurious life. I'm going to have it all taken care of. I've got my whole retirement figured out. I'm going to be able to live in luxury off of all of this that I have gathered for myself. And it's really kind of funny um, that Jesus, Jesus here uses the, the, the occupation of the rich man is he's a farmer, right? His land has produced abundantly. And 
if anyone knows that their riches are not to their own credit, it's a farmer. Any farmer who's honest with you, even today with our most modern technologies, where we can do all we can to fight against floods, we can do all we can to fight against drought, uh, we do all we can to fight against wildfires, we can do all we can to fight against storms, we can do all we can to fight against um, disease, against insects, against all of this. Ultimately, at the end of the day, an honest farmer will tell you there's certain elements that are just out of your control. And so Christians who are farmers are, are people of great faith. I have found in my life to get to be around these people who um, they know that, hey, my livelihood for a whole nother year is based on this crop. And this crop is based on what God does. And it's out of my hands. I do my best. I do what I can to make the crop grow. I do what I can to produce and provide for my family. But at the end of the day, it's in his hands. It's not up to me. I can't, I can't make, make it rain. You know, I can't make the sun come out. I can't do this, I can't do that, but he can, and he handles that stuff. And so it's very ironic that Jesus uses someone who's in this occupation as the example of his story to say, well, look what I have done. I have all of this. And that truth is true for all of us. Ultimately, what we have is something that's come from the Lord. He's, he's in control, he's responsible over it all. And so what we have is something that he's entrusted to us, something he's given us. You're like, well, wait, no, I worked hard for that. Okay, where'd you get that job? Well, I worked hard to get that job. Okay, well, where did you get the health to be able to go to work? Right? Where, where did that come from? Where did you get the mental capacity to do whatever your job is? Where did you get the physical capacity to do whatever your job is? Ultimately, it's all from him. And and it's something that he entrusts to us. He entrusts to us um, the stuff that we have. And the problem is, is when we start focusing on that stuff and forgetting about the one who gave it to us. And we focus in on the riches and we're like, I have all of this and I have this figured out and I'm going to protect this and I'm going to be good. I'm going to be set. I've got this figured out. And that's, that's where this rich man is. You know, he's got, he's got his whole retirement plan all knocked out. He's like, I'm set. You know, I don't even need Mark to plan it for me. He's like, you know, I just need to build my barns and I'm good to go. Um, and that's where he is. And Jesus is saying, well, what stinks is the fact that you've got all that set. And then now God is going to come and demand your life from you. So we saw that's what Jesus was just teaching on when this guy interrupts him with the fact that God is the one who controls um, the number of days that we live. And at the end, he's the one who judges us. And he has that control, and he has that power, and he has that authority. And, and Jesus is like, so this rich man, he's got it all figured out. He's going to live in luxury, but then his life is over. And what happens to all of his stuff? If you're focused on your stuff, God can take your life just like that. And then what matters? Then what really counts? Then where are you? And he says, God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So I want to encourage you to focus on being rich towards God and not storing up treasures for yourself here on earth.
that's a good challenge for us for the next year. Beginning of the year is a time when a lot of people will look at our finances and will say, you know, what are we doing? Where's our priorities? What are, we, what, are we, what are our goals? What do we want to accomplish? I want to encourage you to focus on being rich towards God and not on here and now. Now, through the years, there have been some false teaching, teachings that have come up based on what we're covering today. Uh, one, of, uh, one of the ones comes up at this point. Uh, there, there have been those in the past, like in the monastic tradition, the monks in the, uh, the Catholic Church, um, who have said that, you see, the problem is wealth. And so we need to take a vow of poverty, and we need to have no stuff. And the fact is, that is not what Jesus is saying here at all. What did Jesus say that God's problem was? His problem was covetousness. The problem is the heart. The problem is when you're worshiping the stuff, not the stuff itself. The stuff itself is neutral. The stuff itself is something that God has given to you that you can use either for good or for evil. That you can worship it, you can give it um, false credit for things, it can, it can rule your life. Or it's something you can say, God rules my life and I'm going to use this for him. It's, it's all his and I get to use it for him and for his credit. And so what Jesus is not saying here is he is not saying that, hey, we all need to be po- just have a vow of poverty and have no stuff. Right? That's not what Jesus is saying at all. The scriptures do not say that at all. Um, the scriptures constantly warn us about the love of money. Um, but it does not say um, that money itself is the problem. It's the love. It's when that takes over our life and when then that rules us. The problem is not being rich towards God. That's the problem. Not focusing on the things that God wants us to focus on. Not putting our hearts in the place where God wants our hearts to be. And so this, this can be a challenge for us. Um... Is Jesus saying here that we shouldn't uh, save up, right? In his story, um, he, you know, the, the rich man is building his big barns to save all of his crops, right? So that he can live this life of luxury. Well, no, that's not what Jesus is saying either. Um, the problem that Jesus is pointing out is what the guy plans to do with what he saved up, right? There's no problem with saving towards retirement, but maybe when you're planning for retirement, you need to be planning for what God wants you to do with that, with that ability not to be confined to a job anymore. anymore. We're seeing more and more today people who reach the age of retirement and say, you know what, I'm going to use these funds that I've saved up, and I'm going to live off them to go move to another part of the world that does not have the gospel, where people do not know Jesus, and I'm going to take the gospel to them. Now that is being rich towards God. That is having your heart in the right place. You know, I don't know what this church would do without having Derek and Marjorie, who in their retirement serve this church and serve this community and do all they can to help this place operate and run and function. Right? So I'm not, not saying that, that retirement is the problem. But the problem is, is if your goal is, you know... Two houses, one in a warm climate, one in a cool climate, and, uh, and a play golf all day. Well, maybe that's focusing on yourself. Maybe that's storing up riches here on earth. 
But even if that is what you're blessed with, you can use those things for God's kingdom. Because ultimately, it's not about drawing lines on what's right and what's wrong, but it's about where is your heart? What is your heart doing, and what do you care about, and what are you doing with what God has given you? Right? And so, so that is the challenge for us when it comes to this. And we could, we could really stay here a long time, but I want us to, to move on because uh, Jesus does here. Um, and he goes on and he says, uh, and he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. We live in one of the, the most wealthy cultures the world has ever experienced. And we live in one of the most stressed out, anxious cultures the world has ever experienced. And if you don't think those things, two things are tied together, they definitely are. Because that's what Jesus does here. He's like, hey, if you're focused on the stuff and you're focusing on wanting more and more and more and more stuff and coveting and wanting this and wanting this, you know what that leads to? Anxiety, stress, worry. Jesus makes this illustration. He says, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. He's like, hey, they don't even plant crops. They don't have storehouses or barns, and yet God feeds them. Oh, how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Which, in fact, we know now by, by science that anxiety actually takes time off of your life. It is bad for your health. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... How much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. See, it's about where the focus is. Other scriptures tell us that God loves for us to enjoy the things that he's blessed us with. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having pleasure in the things that the Lord has given you. But the problem is, is when that rules you. When that drives you. Also, did you notice, like, the things that he's talking about? He's talking about food and clothes, The necessities. Food and clothes. He doesn't even get to shelter. He didn't even have a house. He just stayed with people wherever he went. Food and clothes. And yet, what do we worry about? We worry about so much more. What's the stock market doing? I don't know. It's up? Okay. Mark says it's up, so we're good right now. (laughs) And we worry, we worry, we worry, we worry. And it eats away at us, and it's not good for us. And Jesus is saying, hey, don't worry about all of those things. Instead, seek God's kingdom. 
and he'll take care of that stuff. He'll take care of your necessities. Maybe not the new BMW, but your necessities. Maybe not the new Land Rover, but your necessities. What you need. Ultimately, what matters. And so we can be stressed out over these things. And we can let these things ruin our lives or we can seek God first and let him take care of the rest. And Jesus goes on and he says, Fear not, little flock. So he's talking to his little group of people. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. See, the kingdom is worth so much more than any of the little stuff and the trinkets we can store up in this life. It doesn't break. It doesn't, doesn't have to be serviced, right? There's, it, it doesn't have any of that. It's a free gift from God to us. That it comes through Jesus Christ. It comes through him laying down his life to pay the punishment for us. When he died on that cross, he made a way for us to be made right with God so that we could be forgiven. He made a way for us to be restored to God so that we can be a part of his kingdom. And he says, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, and with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. He's like, hey, you can have eternal reward, or you can have your stuff. So, little man that interrupts my sermon to ask me to make his brother give him inheritance, here's what you should do. Instead of focusing on getting from him, why don't you give away what you have? Because if, if that stress and that anxiety over your stuff is a problem, you know the best way to, to deal with that? Give your stuff away. The more you give, then the less control it has on you. And, and so what we need to do is that we, we need to give what the Lord has entrusted to us, to those who are in need. And we, we get to see that here in the church all the time, where one of us in the church has a need, and somebody else in the church helps meet that need. And that's a beautiful thing that glorifies God. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about here. I was so um, just proud of you guys as a church uh, for what we did over Christmas with bringing, uh, bringing food for the food bank to help those that, that need food to eat, getting back to those necessities. Um, we also helped a, a couple families out uh, with having Christmas for their kids. And I think that's just a beautiful picture of what Jesus is showing here. He's saying, hey, here's what we're supposed to be about. And as his church, as his people, that's what we're supposed to be about. We're to be a giving people, to meet needs. Notice again another thing that Jesus did not say here. He did not say, sell all your possessions. He said, sell your possessions. All is not stated or implied in any way. That's another false teaching that's come up through, through time. 
Another false teaching on some of this that uh, even the very early church had a problem with uh, was they said, well, you know what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm just going to focus on God and he's going to take care of the rest. And so therefore that means I don't need to work. Right? So, you know, I just, I'm just focusing on God and me and Jesus and I'm not worrying about any of that stuff. Jesus' example was a raven. The raven still flies around. The raven still goes and finds its food. God provides it, but the raven works. Jesus is not advocating a life of laziness by any means. In fact, the opposite. We should work as hard as we can to make what we can, to save what we can so that we can glorify him with it and so that we can give as much as we can. The more that you make, the more you're able to bless others. If that's something that God's entrusted to you, then that's, that's a, an honor that he's given you. And that's also a burden. It's, it's something that he has given you to do with um, what he has entrusted to you. It's, it's, it's something that you're to look over. And it's not something to be taken lightly. Because here's what ultimately matters. Jesus sums it all up here in this one last verse, in verse 34. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So, if your treasure is your stuff, and accumulating more stuff, and you fall into coveting, well, I was okay with my car until I, got, until I rode in his car. And man, that's a nice car. So now I, I want that car. Right? And you fall into this coveting, and it snowballs, and it takes over your life. That's why Jesus said that we need to constantly be on guard against all covetousness. Because he knew for his followers this would always be a challenge for us. It's always going to be a challenge that we need to keep in check that we need to reevaluate and we need to re relook at and say, hey, what is it that we need to do here? Where are my priorities? Where is my heart in this situation? And we're about to take um, up communion in a minute. And this is um, a special time that the Lord's given us um, to, for many purposes, it reminds us of the price that he paid, uh, where the bread represents his body, um, the cup, the juice, represents his blood. That he was a physical human being who died for us. Laying down his life for us. That's what, he, that's what our covetousness cost him. Was his life. To be able to forgive that. And so as we take of it, it's, it's a time for those of us who are followers of Christ. To reflect on our life. To reflect and to say... How am I doing? Am I keeping this in check in this area, in other areas of your life? How are you doing in your walk with the Lord? How are you doing in that relationship with Him? It's a time for reflection. And if there's a problem there, it's a time for you to go to Him and say, Lord, please forgive me. Help me, help me redirect my course. Help me get on track. Forgive me, Lord. And so as the, the band's going to come up and, uh, and as they're, they're singing this first song, 
and leading us. I encourage you just to do what you need to do to prepare your heart. And then when it comes time for, for the communion, if, if you're not a follower of Christ and you're just checking this thing out, then we encourage you just to pass it by. The scripture talks about that there will be judgment um, for those who take of this wrongly. That's why we, those of us who are followers of Christ, want to really check our hearts um, because scripture warns us about not doing that. Um, and if you're not a follower of Christ, we encourage you just to pass it by. And it's not that anybody will think less of you or anything like that, um, but just that uh, we actually really respect that you're respecting what's going on. And so um, I'm going to turn it over to the band now, and uh, you guys can lead us in this song.